0: I, Peter Street, am gay About Joseph Campbell You're listening to Blue Yonder With your hosts, Jim Jones Never get fucked, never surrender Peter Street No, Galaxy Quest, you asshole And introducing Aaron Hubbard by the Hammer
1: of Crap Talk. Today we're going to be talking about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and it's something that uh, has flamed geek-kind uh, almost from the very beginning uh, of the two franchises uh, ex- coexisting in space, and that topic is Star Wars versus Star Trek. Um, or perhaps Star Trek versus Star Wars, depending on where your lo- uh, loyalties uh, uh, fall. Um... This debate has been raging on BBSs, college campuses, the internet, uh, ever since the technology was formed, and we're going to discuss it tonight, and it basically in two different areas. Basically, there's two types of arguments. Uh, one that's based on technology or military prowess, which is basically who would kick whose ass if the two canon franchises would meet at the same space and time. The other arguments lie about the actual quality of the material. What is better in a subjective, you know, kind of literature or theatrical sense, you know, which is better made, which is the better story, which is the better characters, which do you like more? So I actually going to talk about the uh, I've got strong opinions. Um I'm actually a, a veteran of the Star Trek versus Star Wars wars. Uh, That wasn't an echo. Star Wars (laughs) Wars 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 (laughs) Wars. And I got strong opinions. I'm actually one of the few that likes and respects both material. But I've come to the conclusion after careful study that should a rumble go down in a Star Wars or Star Trek neighborhood, that Star Wars would uh, be coming out on top. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, just before... Just before we get into the details, I just kind of want to know where you guys, you sons of bitches, are lying, so I know who, where to have my uh, blasters pointed.
0: <laughs> your blast? Don't you mean your
1: phasers? No, I mean my fucking blaster <laughs> rifle, buddy.
0: Oh, hold on a just a second. Hold on, just a second. Where, what do you mean? You want to know where we stand?
1: I want to know. Like, what do you mean
0: where we stand? Before, where, before
1: where? we go to the second branch of the argument, I want to know again if Star Wars and Star Trek threw down, who's going to come out on top?
0: If the universe has battled each other, I mean, we can look in the Hubble telescope and see that happen all the time. Sure, sure. But I think what you're talking about is probably, <laughs> probably you're talking about, Aaron. If the just the military might clashed, or are you wanting yeah, and, to include the Yeah, and usually the, the way
1: the way they break it down in the different debating groups is uh, the standard is basically Federation versus Empire. Okay. Um, obviously, the Rebellion probably wouldn't go to war against the Federation, um, yep. yeah. but a lot of times the scale so you're gets just expanded. Talking about
0: vehicles versus. Ve- you're talking about Star yeah. Trek vehicles Star, versus Star,
1: Star, Star Wars versus Star, versus Star Destroyer versus Galaxy-class Starship. Luke Skywalker versus uh, William Riker. Uh, Jar
2: Jar versus Picard Ever
0: since I first heard about this debate And I think to be honest now You said it rages across college campuses I think all the raging Between this topic has severely Lessened after The lobotomy that was 1999 episode 1 Because nobody really like, I used to be kind of passionate about this debate before 1999. After that, I don't give a shit if Star Wars gets killed by the original Enterprise.
1: Well, I will say, because I actually was participating in the battles during this particular time, and I'll say two things killed the debate in. Although it's coming back a little bit, and at certain pockets on the internet. Two things the fact that Star Trek quality had sunk so low. We're talking about. Phantom Menace came out around the time that Voyager was in its full string. So you're talking about basically two shit pies to both fans. And it takes <laughs> pa- it takes passionate fans to, have to sustain this argument. But both creators basically hoard up the series uh, simultaneously and we were waiting because for Star Wars we had no new canon information um, for the longest time. I mean, you have books, but books are so contradictory and they're hard to use for evidence as far as you know, these kind of nerd debates. And Star Trek has put out new material, but, you know, again, it's not like this Federation came out with some super weapon that they've never had before. It, that, you know, it I, I more disagree 100% but not...
2: with that. I think Star Trek does have a super weapon that Star Wars cannot defeat.
1: And that would be...
2: And that, my friend, would be the transporters.
1: Why would the transporters be... I've heard this argument before. I just want to know what form it's going to take.
2: Um, <laughs> it's going to take the form of... Let's see. There's a Jedi on this planet. We're about to pick him out because we can tell that he has chlorian counts higher than normal. Okay. And we are going to transport him into the center of the sun or... Okay. Him or just transport them into nothing. So what do transport you do? Him up, keep them in our computers and never rematerialize them.
1: What do you do about the you know thousands of star destroyers that are surrounding your position, uh, beating the shit out of your ship at the time you're trying to you know beam this Jedi this one lone warrior out?
2: <laughs> you don't beam out the lone warrior. You beam out the guys firing the weapons. You beam out everyone. Okay.
1: So true or false, transported technology works through shields? I mean, star destroyers are definitely shielded. Uh, we saw that definite proof in Return of the Jedi when the shields fell down and uh A an Wing was able to steer through a window of a star destroyer.
2: What type of shields, though? I mean, it, it really depends on.
1: Well, Star Wars it? has, of course, ray shielding, which would, you know, shield from ray like particles, including uh, phasers and whatnot, presumably electromagnetic energy. And they have uh, particle shielding, which actually is uh, kind of a form of. Uh, what what Star Wars would call a deflector shield, Star Trek would call a deflector shield. Uh,
0: I have not read any of the technical manuals to know for sure, but I do know that in the Star Trek universe, you cannot beam when a ship is shielded. Um, ship to ship beaming, anyway, and yeah, yeah sure. um, in Star Wars, ships have shields. It talks about. That and if the shields were up, then that would nullify that potentially lethal advantage. Just like in Star Trek, you okay. don't have ship battles ending with the captain of the of the Klingon ship being beamed in the sun.
1: What the it hell? Could... This happens to us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> to me,
0: or not to. Oh shit! I'm in the sun. <laughs> you know, I'm and, in the middle uh, of the sun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> give me a
2: Romulan <laughs> ale. What's the largest thing that can be transported
1: Probably by Star Trek ships? Do you think? I think a whale <laughs> the two whales and this all the water that whales need have been yeah, demonstrably about the same beamed
2: size. up. Yeah, <laughs> which, was, yeah, was
1: that huh. the limit? Well no, I'm, I'd say a outmoded Klingon warship uh was able to do that, so I presumably larger transporters could transport larger things.
0: Where are you going
1: with this? Uh, yeah, I'm like, Jim? are you going to tow Starbase seventy four around and
2: like beam Star Destroyers <laughs> one at a time into the sun? It, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm wondering if you can beam entire ships into the sun. Although I realize Star Shields Destroyers are massive constructions. I don't think so. Yeah, they're one, They're one. one they're
1: they're in, in fact, they're exactly one mile long.
2: Yeah, they're they're enormous, um, and that doesn't even count the super Star Destroyer.
0: I've always been very much on the side in this debate. Back before. Um, George Lucas tore my heart out in 1999. Um, back before that, I was always definitely behind Star Wars totally destroying the Federation. The, the empire in Star Wars, you know, they've got Death Stars. They've got superstar destroyers coming out their ass. They've got, you know, all this See, hardware. And you've got they, what? They maybe 20 ships around already. Mars? Come on. Star Wars is going to blow them away.
2: We've seen demonstrably that the Empire can be defeated. The Rebels did it. Yeah, with with the same technology. Get out of town. So if we're talking about all the resources available to the Federation, well, diplomacy is one of their resources. So they could conceivably team up with the Rebels, and Luke could go in, shoot down the Death Star, and everything could happen as it happened before. And my
1: argument at that is basically you're saying that the only way that the Federation could win against the Empire would be to aid and abet the Empire's number one technologically parity enemy, yeah. and 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 again like we we the Rebels the the Federation at this point would be basically like um, you know producing bullets and boots for the <laughs> re, 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 Rebels because. Uh-huh. Just, to, just, just, just to what I believe here as far as technologically, um, speed wise, it's shown time and time again that even powerful races like the Borg take years to get across their galaxy because it was, you know, five years or so after they discovered humanity existed, after Q fucked yeah. around with them, that they actually made their first appearance in Federation space. Um, and the Federation takes weeks to travel across their known, their, their actually claimed space, and that's a teeny tiny part of our galaxy. Where in Star Wars, it's shown that you can get from the core to the outer rim in the space of about a day. Dark Maul made that trip. Um, sure. and, and Phantom Menace, and we see, you that's know, the shoot around That's because around.
0: hyperspace travel. They have, it's, they open yeah, They basically is, tear wormholes into their space.
1: And space and so hyperspace is demonstrably much faster than even the fastest known warp drive yeah. technology. Yeah, so I speed, agree. the strategic speed of the Star Wars galaxy is just immense. Uh, sure. For the economy, you've got basically an entire galaxy, save the outer rim, largely unpatrolled features, that is harnessed to produce literally millions of star destroyers. Um and a single Death Star that the the interior volume as far as the construction capacity is just amazing. I mean you're talking about a structure that's a like hundred and ninety one miles in diameter, the the first one. Um so you know, versus the Federation where basically their entire fleet at Wolf what was that? Wolf Us uh, 359. W- three, I mean it had like seventy four ships so it's like they I mean they're talking about a huge fleet for Star Trek terms would be a hundred ships, and that's like a backwater border patrol sector in Star Wars, so it's like for yeah the economy and how much numerical superiority again, the Imperials have a huge advantage
2: firepower yeah, yeah honestly they do
1: firepower uh, uh, you know according to sources in Star Trek, a single star destroyer can completely turn a planet an entire planet's surface to glass. Um, nothing like that exists in Star Trek. I mean, they showed, um, I think there's a fleet of like 23 Romulan starships and Cardassian starships that tried to effectively, you know, destroy all life on a single planet. And they couldn't, you know, that was, uh, when they, they attacked the fake Dominion planet. What
2: about the Genesis device?
1: Well, Genesis device, uh, you know, again, somehow, like, generates life on the planet. And it looks like it, it would destroys it,
2: all other life. It does look mm-hmm. like it destroys all,
1: my, but I'm talking about just in firepower terms. I don't think that's going to be useful in getting past a planetary shield. Whereas okay. Death Star, like you know, uh so it's like you can hit Genesis for torpedoes. They aren't going nowhere because our whole planets, any planet of value in Star Wars universe has a planetary, a planetary shield.
0: shield. Yeah, Whereas even, a Star Destroyer even Hoth had a had a partial one. Yeah, a that's, that's why they had to land like hundreds and hundreds of miles away.
2: Um, well, the other thing about this is they may have shields. Um, how does the new Star Trek movie actually come into this? Because with the red matter and the drills and all this future technology that the Romulans had. Again, I, think, I would say I red think actually, matter, you'd,
0: you'd have to you'd have to, uh, to do what they did in J.J. J. Abrams' film. You would obviously have to penetrate a planetary shield. Yeah, because
2: yeah. and does the drill do that? I mean, was there a planetary no, shield around it? No, there's no, no planetary he was just
0: shield. A, in my time, this is just an ordinary mining vessel. He says that in the film, and the fact of the matter is, is that all that's all it was. It had no okay. shield penetration capacity.
1: <laughs> I think that it could be devastated on unshield planet, but the reason I argue that shielding would render it effect ineffective is the fact that they stored red matter in. A giant electromagnetic field. (laughs) Similar to warp containment. So, but like, again, again, the firepower, and then you look at the Death Star that obliterated, like, a fully shielded planet. And if you go to, um, like, stardestroyer.net, there's actually a really good Imperial archive of the kind of Star Wars arguments, or, or the war argument for Star Wars from the Star Wars perspective, and. This guy is a physicist, and um, Curtis Saxton that actually did uh, some of the um, uh, incredible cross-section Star Wars books, oh, yeah. uh, he's I an astrophysicist, those books. Um, he did calculations on his site, um, basically that the, the energy that the Death Star output during the Alderaan blast, and, and dis- disregarding what it would take to penetrate a, sh- a shielded planet, because who knows what that is, but they're basically saying to accelerate the matter into the explosion that we saw would takes uh, a 1 to the 39th power uh, watts worth of power and so that's that's one with 39 zeros after it the the, the energy that that's released on that is something like um you know on the, on the on on something like what the sun puts out in a year's time so <laughs> the, the the firepower that the empire uses is truly staggering and you know Again, those are the three cornerstones of why I've always assumed that Star Wars would whoop, whoop Star Trek's ass because speed, economy, and firepower—they hold all the advantages. And there are some technical gimmicks and tricks that Star Wars, Star Trek people can say like, "Well, we've got cloaking devices, and we've got transporters, and we've got like you know red matter, Genesis torpedoes." But none of those are true, you know, military kind of like that, tactics against the yes. Empire, though. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, like that's what fighting. defeated the empire in the first place is guerrilla tactics. That's
0: true, but they were. But on the other hand, that is true. I mean,
2: but but guerrilla tactics.
1: Imagine like um, a primitive Stone Age race using guerrilla tactics against the U.S. Army of today.
2: Sure, I mean sure. they can use all well, of, they well, can use again, all of, they the, can, Ewoks, yeah, well, the Ewoks. Yeah, the Ewoks kick the empire's ass once again.
1: Yeah, that's mm. true. And, I mean, it's been
2: shown time and time again that. The empire's strategies are severely lacking when it comes to fighting guerrilla warfare. Yeah, I guess that's, I that's true. Them
1: I mean, that great... them. The only thing I can say about and that I, is I think that's that. What, uh,
2: that's, uh, you know what can, say, what can I say? What can I say? Good evil. is
1: uh, good always triumphs over evil.
2: I mean <laughs> that's true. Well, generation is good.
0: That, that's getting evil. more into the themes <laughs> of it. That's more the mythology of it and what it's trying sure. to say. Sure, sure. But I mean, it, it is true. I mean, if you have, it's just like in the first. The true, truly, the first Star Wars movie, in Episode Four, when uh, all the fighters could actually approach the thing, because they had prepared for much larger combat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you have these little small things that get through and actually cause tremendous damage. Um, so yeah, I think guerrilla tactics is a On the other hand, yeah, you tool. know, like
1: uh, the the Star Wars apologist and me wants to point out that had it not be for uh, the son of the chosen one. Uh, the Rebels still would have been fucked that day. <laughs> That's it's true. not like they did it, take
2: out the Emperor. It's not,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, well, not only that, but the, on the original Death Star, too.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: If uh, it hadn't the been shot. Luke using the Force, they'd have been fucked, so.
2: No, that was just his practice bullseyeing Womp Rats.
1: But, but no, he used the fucking Force. No, there Ooh. was no Force there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that since <laughs> they you know.
2: I, he heard that voice use the Force, Luke, and he was like, fuck that, I've been bullseyeing Womp Rats, bitch.
1: Yeah, unless, like I said, unless there's a self-taught Jedi Knight in in the Federation, uh, I don't think they're going to have as as good a luck. Well, so. here's
2: another thing as far as tactics go, um, and maybe a little bit in the firepower section as well. Um, you were talking about how the Federation would essentially just be manufacturing boots and bullet casings, mm-hmm. um, but what if they were to outfit, like, let's say, a Mon Calamari cruiser with transporters and uh, red matter and cloaking devices, and, I mean, all these different technologies that Star Trek has that Star Wars doesn't.
1: And they name it the USS Red Herring. Um... <laughs> 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 yes. That's right. Ackbar would still run away like a pussy. Unless Lando was there to, to talk his ass off the ledge.
2: Not true. I mean, if if... Ackbar sitting there cloaked in the middle of space, and they have no idea he's there. He would there. still
1: shit his pants, say it's a trap, and want to boogie <laughs>
2: out. <laughs> I okay, would well, think we're it would be. Awesome. And would be like putting Picard in command. Yeah. Imagine
0: Wedge Antilles with some red matter in his X-wing flying in the middle of a fucker. <laughs> that would. Be... <laughs> Can you imagine, <laughs> I, instead of a Death Star exploding ring that they have to it edit just, in it 20 it years blows. later, it would actually be the opposite. That would be kind of cool, but they'd still it probably be great have to a, it explode a ring of and fire then the red matter come out go off it. They'd have to have, have it that. And suck the
2: explosion in. Yes. That
0: would be cool. I think Man, red matter you, those... is devastating, but I also think that that was pulled out of J.J. J. Abrams' ass.
2: I agree. It's it's oh, this mysterious red matter. He doesn't explain it. He doesn't do anything. And what to a really dumb name
0: for something that creates and generates yeah. black holes. Calling it red, it's matter? red matter. It's Please. almost
2: better than some like ridiculous gibberish to explain it technically.
0: I'd rather have the uh, techno babble. We got into this on our first really? episode about how geekdom is kind of watered down a little bit. But I, and that's just another example. Whereas at mm, least yeah. they went to the trouble of of quoting some very heavy technical bullshit technical jargon, but they went to that, tr- <laughs> the, that extra trouble to make it sound sort of legitimate back in like yeah. next generation. Now they just say, ah, oh, we'll call it uh red rainbow matter,
2: you know, fuck, you know? <laughs> reading rainbow matter. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Levar Burton's got that in stockpiles. Yeah. That's right.
0: <laughs> Reading rate no matter. That's oh, what Geordi's
2: visor's powered on. There's
0: a black hole to my childhood. <laughs> anyway, um, so, anyway, so about, what about the technical aspects. Let's go on to something. Wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. What about the proposition of outfitting uh, Star Wars technology or Star Trek technology onto Star Wars hardware?
0: I don't even think uh, you need uh, Star Wars hardware if you've got a cloaking device and red matter. I think you've got a shot.
2: And transporters?
0: So you can have a cloaked yep. ship able to transport, like, all the con- all the personnel of the Death Star into deep space, and you can have well, it. Well, no, wait a undetected. fucking
1: second. A Starship can't beam off 100,000 or however, what, what, like, you a million. You can do it one crew. at, time? Maybe you one do at it as a time, a I just can't imagine that the Empire is going to. that you're going to be able to beam everybody off the Death Star one at a time. Because again, the Death Star is shielded.
2: Sure, but the,
1: the original the Death
0: one... Star is shielded. But like, I, like the like, uh, I think Jim's about to say the original Death Star was not, and the yeah. the second Death Star wasn't either. Okay, it was only okay. shielded while it was within range of the planetary shield. That fucker yep, was so huge true. they couldn't afford. They couldn't see. This is generate me... the power to shield it at all times through deep space. So as soon as that fucker's away from the planetary shield. <laughs> it is ready to be exploited with the uh, Cloak Beam. Yeah, well, here's and, the deal. I, and I know what,
2: yeah, I know what Aaron's going to come back with. He's going to say that the Death Star is not the only ship in their fleet. No, no, totally not even that. This, that. Is,
1: this is what's so funny because this is such an awesome example of why the Star Wars people is whooped ass on the Star Trek people because right about now one of the legends like uh, Michael Wong or uh, Keynes or uh, Wayne Poe would jump in here and say, okay, dumbasses, here's what would happen. <laughs> they would start saying, you know, we've lost a dozen crewmen in the last hour due to some mysterious transporter effect from the enemy, and the Death Star commander would be, oh, okay, we'll set course to planet Earth. Hyperwarp there, left <laughs> the cloak ship in the dust. Boom, blow uh, up Earth. That was fun. Let's uh, set course to Vulcan. Boo! I mean, they literally are moving
2: okay, a million well, times the-
1: faster than the Treks, and they have firepower that will completely destroy all their planets, so it's like game over.
2: Why do you need oh. planets? What does God need with a planet? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're the Federation and your only concern is defeating the Empire, what do you need planets if you have... But I'm saying, like, so, so, so... You need planets
0: to support the war
1: effort. I mean, well, that's know.
2: true. Not well, why The starships are essentially bases within themselves. So you're saying
1: victory of, for the Federation is for this one lone starship to tirelessly chase after <laughs> the Death Star until the heat talking, death we of the universe. we're
2: not talking about one starship. We're talking about a fleet.
1: So you're saying that the, <laughs> the, the, the Empire sits there and says, okay, we're going to let you guys have our technology for a period of time long enough to study it, interface it with your ships. We'll bide our time while, and ignore this happening. And then when you say you're ready to go, we'll go to war. And you'll have all your ships equipped like this.
2: No, that's not what I'm saying. How are you going to stop a cloaked ship? I don't have to. Well,
0: this is what I'm saying. I I guess this is where I'm coming from. If you were the tactician in the Star Trek universe, what you would do is this. You would assemble a massive fucking fleet, so the scenario Aaron is representing never happens. You don't have any of this nonsense where there are 15 mysterious crewmen that are not reporting for duty every five hours, you know? You know, and it's like, oh, TK-421, why aren't you at your post? TK-421, he's been beamed into space! You
2: know, you don't have
0: that, no. No, no, no. Or like the Nothing sitting like there that.
2: and his boots are suddenly gone. Yeah. They're not beaming off people's <laughs> boots one at a time. I said, Taking fire when ready! Wardrobe.
0: Why is no one <laughs> listening to me?
2: No, oh my god, they got my underwear! Come on, fire already!
0: <laughs> my foul stench is now not on board. No, um, <laughs> what I'm saying is you have a legion of cloaked starships. I'm talking all the cloaked starships you can find.
1: And so you, you actually, got like a hundred of them? Yeah. Because like, we've already established that the fleets are puny.
0: Let's say we've got a hundred starships cloaked, and they are surrounding the base where they're constructing the second Death Star at Hoth. We'll say mm, for a yeah. second the shield is, is not yet finished, and we have wasn't. The, all the ships around the, the second Death Star... Actually, targeting each and every member of the crew until they're all locked in place, ready to jettison them into space or the sun or wherever you want, and then they all do it. Bam! The entire structure talking, is is devoid of
1: life forms.
2: No, we're not even talking. We're not even talking beaming everyone off. We're talking beaming off the chain of command.
1: How would the they know what that is and where they're at? And again. How many people do you think they can simultaneously beam off in one go? And again, uh, the Death one Star ship is can shielded. Beam up hundreds
2: of people. The no, Death Star is shielded. That's not the original
1: one. The, it wasn't part. The they, No, 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 no. out. The 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 shaft was not was ray shielded only. It was not particle shielded.
0: I hope you're Just remembering ex- that when you're having your sex exploits.
1: I totally do. Just the thermal exhaust port, because obviously to let heat to let the exhaust out, they have to unparticle shield. So it's only only shield against electromagnetic and magnetic energy, which, as far as we know, a transporter beam is.
2: Okay, well then then let's beam in some red matter. Game over.
1: <laughs> you can't beam through shields. This is so. I think, man, this I can't. You know what? If we get some forums going. Uh, this will be a rollicking time because... Why, uh, why
2: could you not line up the perfect shot with a cloaked ship on the exhaust port? None of this manual manual flying through the trenches... Well, they were supposed to have shielding the in bullshit.
0: the exhaust port on the second Death Star, right? But they sure, been but then finished. you go to
2: the planet and you take out the shields there. Just like they did in the movie. Yeah, that's Again... True. You're telling so me you're, you're basically
1: saying that a Federation starship could maneuver down... Are you going to, like, cloak no, a shuttlecraft? No,
2: craft? no. you're cl- Like, let's say you get the Defiant in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Defiant is easily cloakable. Yeah. And yeah, but it's, it can it's, go right up to the exhaust port and just fire straight into it.
1: It wouldn't fit in that trench.
2: It doesn't have to fit in the trench, Right. <laughs> Why would it have to fit in the trench? It can besides, sit outside cloaked a foot from the ship. Besides there's and like a other thing you guys hell. are
1: forgetting. Is... One
0: of the things that I I I have to interject here is the fact that um in JJ Abrams Star Trek movie uh oh the whole idea about red matter and it needing to be by the villain of the film drilled into the core of said planet that's about to be destroyed is entirely unnecessary If you have a black hole Anywhere Even in the star system yeah, I mean if we're well, talking about A substantial size, It does, does size depend it. on the size I understand that yeah. I understand it needs more matter to feed And to get larger But I'm saying this I mean what if you put the black hole by the sun uh, And then you have it Destroy the, the Destroy the sun of the system
1: yeah, I agree, it doesn't make sense, but all we know is on screen, it sh- it's a demonstrable fact that you have to burrow to the planet's core before this weapon is effective. So, I mean... Yeah, I guess that's,
0: that's what's yeah. on My screen, is, but it just seems like a black hole no wouldn't need Bryce. to be in the middle of a planet in order to be lethal.
1: Right. And right. Like, like, again, Absolutely. as from a Star Wars perspective, we're like, why is the Death Star sitting still... Letting the Federation abuse it thus. Why wouldn't they well, actually be going to planets and destroying the planets?
0: Well, I mean, you have well, to ask the, hell the same they question. Do that when the yeah, why attacked? did the rebels, you know, get to destroy it? They destroyed it the same way. Because tactics yep. and timeline do take a, take into, you have to take that into account. The Death Star is not always going to be at its, uh, its capacity to warp and jump everywhere and destroy the universe. I mean, it has to be yeah. constructed. So I guess part of whether or not Star Trek beats Star Wars has to include when they encounter each other, because well, this you know whole what, red matter is death new, Star, too. I mean, even, red matter was not classic Trek. It wasn't even next generation. Red matter is something relatively new in the Trek timeline, as they, far they as even, a weapon.
1: Even assuming that they have the death, don't have the deaths are and the red matter works, you're still talking about Imperial Star Destroyers that can move a million times faster than the fastest starship, moving planet to planet and conducting base Delta Zero operations and completely turning all habitable surfaces of a planet to glass.
2: Okay, well, we've also seen that ships can, in fact, get into the S.H.I.E.L.D. barrier. Is that correct? Because Han Solo did it in the Millennium Falcon?
1: Well, so did Luke, but they also, you know, I think... How is this? That it looks like Star...
2: Um, when he was hiding on the surface of that star destroyer, hmm. uh, in the Millennium Falcon, he was pressed up against the ship. Now he was inside, I assume, the bubble of the shield. Correct? Well, I because think... if that's the case, you can get inside with a cloaked ship. And then just transport the crew off.
0: Wait, wait, wait! You guys have lost me. What? Are, when was anything penetrating the shields?
1: Well, we're talking about when the Han did his famous gambit, where he clamped onto the backside of the bridge of that Star Destroyer and let fly with the garbage. I yeah. um, said I'd have two arguments that perhaps the shields actually completely hugged the hull surface. And number two, we've actually seen the Star Wars shields seem to have the particle shielding, at least the mass shielding, matter shielding has a weakness that it can be penetrated by a smaller slower moving object like gunguns can, can can force their way through yeah, or that Sorry, could, battle droids can force their way through to penetrable... That's control. actually well, a that, valid that could point.
2: just be that could just be how the gungun shields in particular are concerned.
1: No but I'm saying like that could that could be the case where Han actually warped past you know, did a dead stop and then slowly descended within you know you know feet of the ship until he slowly penetrated that shield and and to through the hull, or the shield Which, just conforms through the hull. Sure. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bug a a, a bubble shield in the in the vein of Star Wars or Star Trek. Uh,
2: no, it doesn't. But I mean, okay, well, let's go with Star Destroyers have to vent their garbage, apparently, All correct. Right. All right, So they so have to drop shield. do in that, that they would have to either drop a shield completely or at least punch a hole in it, and then at that point, I'm assuming you could beam people off the ship through that hole.
1: Yeah, but again, it's like, are they dropping power shield or race shields? And the other thing I want to point out is that every ultimate cloaking device has been proven in Star Trek to have a weakness to where you can track it, and you're telling me that it's a civilization that is literally... Thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years more advanced doesn't have the technology to detect the primitive cloaking devices of the time. I mean, by, the, by by the Heir to the Empire trilogy, the Empire had access to cloaking technology that was literally worked so well that the ships inside the cloak were totally blind, which if you think about it is the only logical way a cloaking device can work. That whatever radiation it's tuned to cloak, yeah, yeah, yeah. that 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 light is completely transparent. So, the, by definition, if you're using any kind of sensor to detect it, the cloaking device is, is well, impaired. Well, that's not
2: that's not entirely true. I How mean, so? you can, because you can shield different frequencies.
1: Right, but I'm saying that in the Star Trek universe or Star Wars universe, that apparently is worthless because their cloak is a true cloak and it's the only way that they are rendered indetectable.
2: Okay. Does the Empire have any of this technology? I mean, we're gonna come back to oh, you can't. They do have everything cloaking device technology
1: as of the air air to the Empire trilogy.
2: Do they have it outfitted with any of their ships? I mean, I mean,
1: they like Thrawn. They Thrawn the slapped it on to a couple of. Uh, but besides, here's the other thing: in in Empire Strikes Back, they actually mention surprise that the Millennium Falcon would be equipped with a cloaking device. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, they do have cloaking technology, and again, their cloaks are absolute, where the ship inside's blind, the ship outside cannot be seen. So it's like, I think unless the Federation has that level of technology, which they don't, um, that this inter- in- empire is just going to be like, we can fucking see you guys. You're like trying, you're like hi. <laughs> it'd be like going to war with a person attacking you at night and you get night vision goggles. It's like, mm. this isn't really a tactical advantage, fucker. Rat a tat tat. <laughs>
2: That it's suspicious to me that it's never actually demonstrated within the movies. Like you, you have mention of it. Like you said, with the and the and supposedly
1: Darth Maul's ship is equipped with the cloaking device, according to the visual dictionary. But that's not yeah. Exactly why did they
2: never show any cloaking devices in use? I don't understand that.
1: I think that my my theory would be that because cloaking is seen as like a strategic parlor. All device, this debate is really fine work. and
0: good, but I think you guys are all forgetting the most powerful weapon. In either the oh, Star boy. Wars or Star Trek universe That you haven't even mentioned yet
1: What's
2: that?
0: The pen of the writer of the story <laughs>
1: Well, see, now <laughs> we're getting into the quality argument
2: Yeah, the, uh, let's, let's not go there just quite yet We've got some other stuff well, to Well, no, like I mean, instance, this
0: doesn't necessarily talk about the quality I'm just saying that I think we've both put up an argument That's so reasonable that you could actually... Logically, write a story where the Empire loses, and I think you could logically write a story where the Empire dominates. That's true, it, it and depends. I actually think yeah.
1: there's, there's lots of fan fiction out there that do just that to various degrees of success. I think, and I I actually think there's think, enough
0: to go both ways, honestly. I
1: actually think Michael Wong wrote one of the best examples in Conquest of showing how the Empire is stronger, but ultimately the Fed, uh, you know, what naturally happened was a Fed uh, rebellion alliance and they won today.
0: Yeah, I think that seems most likely. I mean, if they encounter each other, they're probably going to make friends with the Alliance. And And I read that story. I read that back in 2000. Excellent story.
1: So, uh, guys, uh, if you want to Google that up, Michael Wong's Conquest. um, Conquest. It's probably the definitive piece of literature. I think Chuck Sonnenberg has actually written uh, this massive... Uh, excellent quality work uh where he does it but honestly if, if you like conquest move, uh, look up Chuck's uh works as well his uh um sh- man, i can't even remember it's like a six part uh, uh it, it's a, just a massive work and it, it'd be like a stack of encyclopedias if you actually printed it out and read it so it's 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 a it's it's a lot to slog through is what I'm saying all excellent but. yeah yeah, read Mike Wong's book first. If, uh, you like it, it's like, alright, 175 pages. Uh, yeah,
0: it's a pretty quick read. read. I read it on a plane, picture. actually, as I was heading towards uh, San Francisco in 2000. Right when, uh, San Francisco was, well, I don't want to spoil anything. Blown
2: to hell by red matter? Yeah,
0: <laughs> no. yeah, that's it.
2: I'll, yeah, I'll the
0: damnedest
1: here. thing, driving across the fucking San Francisco Bridge, and the, the Golden Gate Bridge, and this pillar of fire came from the sky. Conclusive but, uh,
2: proof that you don't have to have it in the center of the
0: planet. Uh, uh, but, at San the print. end of the day, I've always been under in the camp that if it was a straight war of firepower, head-to-head, head, mm. the Empire's gonna win. Now, if it's guerrilla tactics... You know, who knows what's going to happen, because it's kind of chaotic. That kind of warfare is fucking chaotic. You can't really control it. And it's kind
2: of a weakness of the Empire.
0: And it's sort of a weakness of the Empire. And, and, I mean, you can say the Rebels have the, the ships that are that are similar technology as the empire and that's fine but they don't have the little neat tricks that the federation has they don't have the cloaking devices they don't have the beaming technology all that would have become very vital little tricks for the uh and and huge tricks not just little tricks i mean we're talking about a, a big a big deal tactically for the alliance to have
1: uh like i said i i what would be interesting is I would love to see some listener feedback because we've we've not even touched on like time travel, um species eight four seven two, um the Borg. You know, there's a lot more than just a Federation in the, you know, alpha beta gamma De- delta quadrant in, in the Milky Way that Star Wars would have to rumble with, and uh, each one of the other in.
2: thing we haven't touched on is Captain Kirk's fists.
1: Captain Kirk's fists?
2: Yeah, I mean Fists of Fury, man. Fist of Ham? He he defeated a Gorn heads up.
1: With, <laughs> yeah, with a homemade bazooka.
2: <laughs> well, that's that's part of his fists, man. He used his hands to create tools to destroy that gorn. You kidding me? You can't tell me that's not valuable. That is valuable. He actually, oh, he actually uh, crushed
1: that hole into a diamond, you know, the, or into a piece of quartz. You got a
2: stormtrooper coming at me? Well, guess what, bitch? I've got a handmade cannon. That's right. I got
0: a bamboo cannon. <laughs> I'm per-
2: and and if that doesn't work, I'll just knock you out with him.
0: Captain Kirk was the MacGyver of the Star Trek universe, wasn't
1: he? <laughs> you know what? Absolutely. Why we're on talk of like hand to hand combat? What yeah. the fuck is up with Star Trek universe that no one delivers a straight up punch? They always do that like one hand clasping another overhead hammer chop. I mean yep, yep. fucking left like fucking uh jab jab cross, you know, hook uppercut, uh, that uh,
2: see, that
1: doesn't work anymore in the future?
2: No, what you're not taking into account is
0: That's the brutal uh, man, we've evolved. The the extra extra that shit. Power.
2: It's, see the fists of Captain Kirk are much like the planeteers of Captain Planet. And with their two powers combined, it forms an ultimate it, it formed, Kirk It forms,
1: basically one Kirk fist equivalent.
2: Yes, one. Ma- well, it, yeah. <laughs> Both <laughs> the two
1: Picard fists welded together equals one of Kirk's. So it's and like he, he's when making Kirk up. And he puts
2: his fist together, yeah. it forms a super punch which if, you cannot it, dodge, it you cannot formed, withstand.
1: It's an automatic. Interestingly enough, strike. interestingly enough, this it is a true fact. It is a, is. It's a uh, critical Kirk's, hit. Kirk's hands joined together in such an overhead pose is in fact the hammer of grappa <laughs> of Galaxy Quest fame. It's actually it's so that powerful that another freaking uh, universe has heard of it and worships it as a god.
2: <laughs> due due to the the Nexus Wave or whatever that was. You, oh yeah,
1: found.
2: Yeah, he was actually transported to the Galaxy Quest universe. Delivered the hammer of Grapthar, which was actually going to be called the hammer of Kirk, but right. for licensing reasons they couldn't use it.
1: Right, right. He he actually uh, yeah. He's like you can you can use the likeness, but I'm not giving you a trademark. It's a legendary yeah. weapon. But anyway, we can uh, let the listeners. It's like I will, I will talk about Star Wars versus Star Trek till I'm blue in the face. And if a bunch of listeners come in and start talking about, it, I guarantee there will be some hard pipe hitting old school brothers from the debates that will resurrect themselves from the dead and set everybody straight. So uh that would be awesome. Get get all those get get the whole crew back together.
2: Yeah, that would be fantastic. I'd love to have this debate. All right, well, I think that's just going to about do it for the show. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or you just want to chat, you can visit our forums at www.baldmove.com. Dot sen- <laughs> Oh, yeah. Or send us an email <laughs> at blueyonder at baldmove.com. Or you can reach us by phone at one 800 eat dick. With that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street.
1: Hey, Ron Hubbard, ciao. What are we gonna do tonight? Are we gonna do uh, Star Wars vs. Starcast or Kinder Gaming moments?
2: Starcast? I've never used Star Wars vs. Star Trek. (laughs) Star
0: Wars vs. (laughs) Trek.
2: Star Wars vs. Shit, what's the name of that Tim Allen movie? Two times? (laughs) Time? No, no, the movie Galactic. Oh, uh, Space uh, Class. no, space Galaxy Quest, quest yeah.
0: you asshole.
2: Star Trek versus Star Fucking Galaxy Wh- Quest. Star Wars By versus... F- right. <laughs> By the hammer of Right. It's Space Trek.
0: Space Quest. No, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest, yeah.
1: By the hammer of Kratthar, <laughs>
0: I've been boiled again. Never get fucked. Never surrender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, never they knew what Geek culture was all about. <laughs>
2: you're stuck at loser junction you can't call it quits don't throw in the towel you can take a lot of licks so never listen to the yeah. owl. don't listen to the pundits the haters or the critics so you can tuck my dick, take a leap and chap a quiddick the chronicles are written watch the movies and the credits i wouldn't leave the theater because i felt like i regret it the city was so big and frankly you weren't feeling right if it starts i want to find out who's the dolly grip on demon night but then i met a friend and he kind of showed me music no effects in mtx it makes me up like grubix i found a path and called a rap and helped me escape if you rotten and forgotten remember there'll be better days never give up you want to
0: Um, But I would kind of like to have a formal introduction so we can know we're officially engaged.
2: As Patrick
0: Stewart Stewart would say.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Patrick Stewart would also say, there are four
0: lights. (laughs) (laughs) And you broke your little ship. No, that's not (laughs) him.
2: (laughs) Nobody would say, the line must be drawn here. This far. far. No No further. uh, Then make them pay for what they've done.
0: <laughs>
1: It'd be funny if you put Yoda in Captain Picard's position for the whole yes! series, like <laughs> all of his famous speeches that Yoda speak
2: Uh huh. Make them pay, I will. Mm-hmm. I think they would actually work pretty well. I don't think you'd have to change much because they're they're essentially the same character. You give Patrick Stewart some funny ears. They aren't got, even close I to know, the same fucking character. <laughs> <laughs> no, essentially
0: the do, same though. character. They
2: are. Like, they're, they're their their overall principles, I think, are about the same.
0: You think Captain Picard mm. and Yoda, Master Jedi Master Yoda, are uh-huh. the same character archetype? Yep. Uh,
2: essentially the same no,
0: character. No, essentially the same character. Yep. That's, that's
2: insanity. They're both? They're both practically bald. Yeah, um, I agree. They yeah. both spout wisdom all the time. <laughs> they there, do
1: spout
0: there wisdom. There are no correlations at They're all.
2: They're both a guiding force throughout the
1: series. Up, they both have to put up with impetuous teenagers.
0: They both pull their starships <laughs> out of a swamp.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, Picard pulled, Picard pulled it out of the, la- the minefield. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Treacherous okay. waters. Exactly the same.
0: So are you idiots about the cast a wood? <laughs>
2: I've been <laughs> casting since the dad was born, motherfucker. casting my seed around the earth.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently,
2: someone's just found his deep, hidden,
1: uh, abiding love of Star Wars. Come to the he's he's leaping to fucking Muppets defense <laughs> against Star Trek. That right there, we know you now still love Star Wars. <laughs> Gotcha.
0: yoda is sacred territory
1: <laughs> that's what i'm saying is there anything there's any fucking sacred territory in star trek no it works head
2: it's still your daddy Picard's the card's ball closest
0: head. thing honestly that we have to sacred territory now uh especially since he's made a legendary 45 year run as the character is spock.
1: Nine tits. Yeah, but he's still spock not is like, like the
0: christ-like character i mean he's He's died. He's come back to life. He's not
2: like he is a Christ figure. There you go. Oh, Kirk did that. I mean, what's no, the big he... deal? Everybody dies and comes back to life in that series.
0: Only if you read the freaking fiction books, where where William Shatner writes himself back in.
2: He could shatter himself into anything he wants. Shatter himself into your pants.
0: Writes himself
2: back in. He could shatter himself into anything he wants. Shatter himself into your pants.